Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Man, am I excited. I have been, uh, you know, it's a, it's a crazy busy week for me. It's going to be a crazy busy month. Um, it's just one of those uh, things that happen. But I tried this new thing this week um, where I'm sleeping like three hours a night, um, and that's it. <laughs> I just have a bunch of work I'm doing, so I'm, I'm, I'm up. Um, doing all this, I shouldn't say that. I'm getting about five hours out of every 24 um, because I do take a nap in the afternoon. Uh, so, it, uh, it, you know, it adds up. And I'm getting a ton done. Got a lot of work done today. Needed to take a break from it, though. You know, you can only paint so much. And I, I'm like, I got to do a show, man. I got to have some uh, a break from this. Let's do something fun. Um and so we are. We are. We, uh, Danny, my wife, and I watched this, and, and a couple of friends of ours watched this film the other night, and I just was blown away by it. It's a fantastic new film. It's called Maybe Someday. Um, it's an LGBTQ plus. I'm probably missing some letters. Don't send me emails. I'm doing my best. Maybe there's an I and an A in there. I don't know. Um, but anyway, love is a rainbow. What can I tell you? Um, and we love that. Uh, so it's a, it's a dramedy, they, they're calling it, which is a drama and comedy. I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, it, it went away thinking uh, about it, for, for still thinking about it. And to me, that's good art. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome uh, uh, Miss Michelle Elian. I think I'm saying her name right. Uh, she directed, co-written, acted uh, in the film, and also uh, Miss Sheila Cook. She was an actress also in the film, and I just really enjoyed their performance. So here they are. Welcome to the show, ladies. How are you? Thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Jamie. Yeah, Hello. we're doing great. We're excited to be here. I'm excited that you're here. This is very cool. This was a, this is a fantastic film. And Michelle, and Shayla, I don't know if you've been in Michelle's other films as well. Um, I was looking at your IMDb, and I'm like, She's got several cool films. I mean, maybe someday is what we're focusing on today. But um, I want to have a Michelle Elian, uh I hope I'm saying that right, film festival. It, it's Elin. It's close Elin, Elin yeah. There we go. I'll, I'll never forget it But, now. yeah, um, um, <laughs> I was going to, yeah, actually, Sheila has been a, a couple of my other projects. You want to chat about that a little bit, Sheila? Uh, sure. Yeah, um, I actually – met Michelle uh, maybe over 10 years ago, and it was auditioning for her for Heterosexual Jill, which is the second in her yeah. Switch Jamie trilogy, and then I did S&M Sally as well, and now I'm, I've got Maybe Someday on my resume with Michelle, which is a very different project, and I've just been so honored to have this trajectory and all of these wonderful characters to play. Um, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> 
Yeah, so the other the other films are all um, more comedic, and so this is like you're saying mm. a, a dramedy, which is more actually more drama. I just felt like there was kind of a little too much comedy in there just to call it like a strict drama. But um, so yeah, so it came from just like basically pure comedies, and I wanted to take on a new challenge with this one. Yeah. Well, it's it's fantastic. Well, let me ask you. Um, well, both of you ladies, um, obviously, you know showbiz and making movies is what you guys need to be doing. You're real good at it, you know. Um, <laughs> this is a fantastic film. Growing up when you were, you know, young and whatnot, did you know that, you know, entertainment and showbiz was what was that the plan from the get-go, or did this interest in, in, in getting into that come later? Well, for me, I mean, I started acting in theater when I was young, like about eight. And then uh, in junior high, I started shooting and editing videos just on, like, VHS, because that was, like, back in those days. And and editing them, like, VCR to VCR. Yeah. (laughs) So real, real old school. And then uh, continued with that through high school and college, still acting and then also doing video production, but not actually merging them together, because the video production for me was, like, a separate thing, like music montages and stuff. And then eventually, after college, uh, I decided to do narrative filmmaking, and I went to the L.A. Film School, which is a year-long training program, or it was at the time. I think they've changed a lot to learn um, how to make films like this. And uh, so it kind of, like, all came together, and that's why, like, you know, I still wear a lot of different hats. I write, I direct, I act, I produce, I edit. You know, and a lot of people think, like, oh, wow, wow that's, you know, a lot. How do you do all, all, all of that? And I think it's just kind of I learned each craft separately over the years, and then, like, eventually – brought them all together, you know. Well, that's fantastic. Um, so, Michelle, you, you're from L.A. then. You grew up out there in the scene. Uh, well, I'm from Orange County, which is close, of course, but it does feel like a different world down there. And I, then I, 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 I was in the East, I I was on the, yeah, and then I was on the East Coast for college and then moved back out here. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, um, I went to school in Boston, and then I, I wanted – a total opposite change from that and wound up living and moving, going to San Diego and living there for uh, 10 years, which, um, oh, you know, you yeah. drive through Orange County every weekend to go to LA. Um, Cause that's where the <laughs> friends know. are. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. San Diego's beautiful, but it ain't silver. That's all I'm saying. You know, when you're young. And <laughs> right. Right. Anyway, anyway, how about you Shayla? Um, LA girl or uh, how'd you get into acting? Oh, well, no, I actually am from, well, I claim Utah as my home state. Oh. I moved, yeah, I moved around quite a bit when I was really little. I lived in Bakersfield. That's where I started elementary school. So I was kind of L.A. adjacent for a minute. But um, then my, I went to Utah when I was seven and finished out much of my, well, all of my childhood there. Um, I fell into theater. I was always putting little shows on in my house with my siblings, um, wow. my mother's actually a visual artist like you. And so that was kind of what the focus was in my house. I was an odd duck, <laughs> but, um, then I went, I, I loved movies, but they seemed so far removed from my experience in Utah. Um, I didn't have a clue how to even get involved in that. Um, so I went to acting school for college. I went to conservatory and I did theater and, wow. um, I had the, had the honor of doing some stuff overseas and touring around a little bit and seeing the world that way. And um, I, a movie came to awesome. Utah. Uh, 
Yeah, it was great. I had a, I had a really good time in college, and a movie came to Utah, and I ended up being the director's assistant and um, learning production kind of by being on a set, um, which was really great. I was thinking about what Michelle said about wearing a bunch of different hats, and um, I really think that learning a bunch of disciplines, they help inform each other and help you become better at each discipline. Um, so when I, I came out to Utah, I mean, I came out to California after working on that film, and I learned production. I worked on the other side of the camera for quite a while and um, later nice. came back to acting and, unfortunately, met Michelle that way. So, yeah, good. <laughs> very, very cool. Well, it is, you know, it, it's so cool, and I love that we live. I'm an old man. I am I'm definitely um, I'm reminded that of that every day, and... <laughs> I love that we live in a time, there still needs to be a long way to go. You know, I live in Florida, believe yeah. me. Um, but <laughs> I love that there's diversity in film, you know. Um, yeah. In the art world, people are like, yeah, it's, it's chock full of gay people. You know, I mean, that's uh, and not just gay people, just all types of people. Um, but it's, it's good to see film that's out there, you know. I imagine... You know, youngsters, uh, young people see this and they're like, hey, I, I'm not alone, you know. <laughs> there are people like me. And I think that's a good thing. Um, and you guys are bringing yeah. it, you know. How cool is that? Um, I was just looking, Michelle, on your, um, I, or I guess it's on the maybe someday, uh, when we have links, folks, on all of our show, we have the links to all this stuff. Um, but 100% on the tomato meter? Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, we were excited. We just found out like yesterday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's also a big deal for me because like my other movies, you know, they're out there and people watch them, but they haven't even gotten enough press to I think even get like an official rating. So that was just <laughs> exciting in and of itself. But it's been great to see how people have responded because. You know, like I say, the other films are comedies, and, you know, I think, like, you know, you, I, I always feel like if you can make people laugh, you feel like you've done your job as a filmmaker. But with the drama, because people like saying, well, which is harder to do? And honestly, it depends on, I think, the filmmaker or the actor. But, like, for me, drama is so much harder because there's so many more elements. It's so much more layered. And as long as you know how to do comedy, like, the actual storytelling, I think, is a lot more straightforward. And this is, like, the layers and the nuance, and you want the audience to, like, understand the film, but you don't want to, like, dumb it down so much that you're overly broadcasting everything. And that can be really hard to be like, well, do they get it? You know, do I need to be more obvious? Do I need to be less obvious? You know, um, so that, that's been, been a challenge. But it's been great to hear, like, all the positive feedback because the other thing with drama that was my fear coming in was boring people, right? Because it's like, well, they're not laughing, so i got to engage them and like, they have to feel empathy for the characters. They have to want something for the characters. They have to be invested. They hopefully have to identify with the characters. And so it's really exciting to read the reviews and hear from the people who have seen the movie that it's working for them because you never really know. We did some, you know, test screenings and everything, but you never really know until someone sees a final project, pro product because the test screenings is like when we're still working on it. It's finally done now. Right, so. right. Well, I think, you know, I'm going to say, Michelle, you've got dialogue down, man. I get oh, cool. so distracted when I watch it. And I'm not 
a film expert by any means. I, I am that friend that has the outdoor theater. I do sometimes make my friends watch movies with subtitles and, you know, um, and, and they're like, oh, Jamie, come on. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't handle it. Right. I am that guy. But I will say this. I get distracted when it's a, when I'm watching something and I'm like, this dialogue is completely unrealistic. Nobody talks like that. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, your film, I, I, it was immersive. I was in it. I, I liked these characters. I wanted to know more. I was glad of the flashbacks and whatnot. Um, I saw either myself in some of the characters or a lot of times, really more probably uh, people I knew um, that, that I've seen yeah, go right. through this kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, they're not just insane. I guess this really happens. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <Okay>. right. <laughs> um, no, but it was, it was fantastic. Uh, and especially, you know, you guys are a little younger than I am, but man, it, it starts happening. It starts happening. And you, you want to revisit, I tell you, social media really kicked that into gear revisiting old acquaintances and uh, uh-huh. maybe missed opportunities yeah. or whatnot, you know, it's always a dangerous waters to tread in perhaps. Right. Well, you that. can't really like leave your past behind like you used to be able to. <laughs> right. It doesn't want you to forget it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you go to Hollywood and you change your name. <laughs> I know many people that have done that. Changed a lot of yeah. um, but it's it's crazy. Do, do either of you, obviously, coming from uh, you guys have drawn on personal experience with your performance and whatnot, I would imagine. Um, I mean, did, were there times that this story hit close to home for either of you? Yeah, I mean, Shayla, do you want to kind of chat maybe about a little bit about that on your end? Oh, sure. Um uh, yeah, well, I, um, I grew up in a, my mother was a young divorcee and watching her, mm. um, was really, uh, informative as far as like that. I haven't, I've also been through some ridiculously painful breakups. Like I think pretty much everybody has, I had a long-term relationship that didn't end up in a marriage, but, um, it destroyed me. It, you know, I, mm. I, I did, couldn't eat. I lost weight. And I think that's one of the things that Michelle's um, story really touched on for me with the silence and the being stuckness. Like, I right. literally felt like I was stuck in my own hell for months on end. Um, so um, that really helped me playing Jess in that it, she could relate in some to some extent to what her friends was going through because she had been through it. So I, you know, would pull on those memories. And also I am a mother. So thinking about that and going through that in relationship to having a child and um, protecting mm. that child from that, I think it, it touched on a little bit, but just, you know, she's starting to date and um, she doesn't want to like do that introduction to her child too quickly. And I right. think that that is, I really relate to that as well. So yeah, there's so much, yummy delicious acting fodder in the script <laughs> that is relatable on so many <laughs> levels to my life and um yeah and i you know having lived some life it's nice to be able to um go deep with ex- your experience and i 
I really resonated with the script on a mini level. Well, it's amazing. Yeah, well, and how about you, Michelle? Um, have you? Yeah, well, have I'm you looked say, up like, you high know, school the... people on Facebook and uh, <laughs> maybe I'll send them a message. No, that's, that can be good. That can be bad, too. What's your take? Well, the um you know the story's loosely inspired by my own divorce many years ago and cross country move from mm. the east coast to the west coast and so my, much of the story is fictionalized but that's sort of the emotional place it came from and then as a writer you you know you try to approach it and say how can i take these emotions that i think are universal to a lot of people and then translate them in, into an hour and a half movie you know in a lot of cases so each of these like characters and relationships are inspired by real people that I've known, but, like, this is spanning years, you know, sometimes even decades, and you have to condense it into the short form. And so uh, so a lot changes because a lot of people ask me how much is real, and it's like, well, so much changes so you can watch it and, and synthesize it in a short amount of time. But so I think, like, there's that, and then we, um, you know, I think heartbreak is a lot like grief, and I think what Jay, my character, is experiencing is a depression and grief. And so my own divorce was, like, over a decade after, you know, when we shot the movie, it had been over a decade later. So there wasn't really that emotional mm. resonance for me, even though I tried to tap into it a bit. But earlier that year, my mom passed away. And so for some of the more emotional scenes, oh. that's what I was thinking of, you know, and, and portraying that sadness and grief. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. That's it's, it's always such, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I remember going, you know, of course, you and I don't know. I'm not trying to have a, oh, well, I can beat that type moment or anything. But I honestly, mm-hmm. in my experience, I don't think there's anything worse than a heartbroken painter guy. <laughs> it is sad. Uh-huh. Just humorously, pathetically sad. Um, and I thought that it was the end of the world, you know, when I went through one. And then a few years later, you know, life's good and whatnot. And then my father passed away. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Thanks, universe. Uh, yeah, I've got some perspective now. <laughs> the breakup wasn't nothing. Yeah. You know. Right. Calling to, yeah. You know, missing those those plumbing phone calls, you know. Oh, I can just call him and, and find out what I need to find out um, on electrical in the house right. or something. Uh, terrible. One of the things, okay. um, Michelle, that, that Jay does in this story, which I don't know, and I don't know if you ladies did this or not, Man, you kept that going, that wound, still talking to the ex and everything, and and uh-huh. maybe something will change. Oh my god, I couldn't do it, man. I, I, I I'm not that evolved. <laughs> when I break up with somebody, I gotta, I move across the country. <laughs> well, you do <laughs> and 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 lose their number. Yeah, I mean, right? Because like, like for me, like you know, you know that that mirrored my experience because this was like the first sort of like major, you know, divorce slash breakup I I had been through because prior to that, it was just like high school kind of relationships. And so Mm. I, it was sort of like the band-aid slowly peeling off. And I think that's obviously you're just prolonging your own grief by not making a clean break. So I think that's definitely one thing that like I wouldn't do again. You know what I mean? I, I would, make a clean break and you know and some people like my ex and I were still friends but I think you have to make a clean break and then start a friendship on like a new foot I don't think you can like seamlessly right. transition or at least we couldn't you know right in that moment when you're feeling so emotional 
Oh, oh I agree with that. Because it's really confusing when you're in that space. One of you hasn't, you're pining, but they may not, they might be pulling away, kind of like the relationship in your movie. You, I agree, you have to kind of get some space and some distance and some time and then build a relationship. <laughs> I'm guilty of both. I've done both. <laughs> and now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In season one, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... P-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. Oh, it's, it's yeah. rough, man. It is rough. Well, you know, and that's it's what makes great art, though. You know, everybody can relate. They they get it. Whatever their sexual orientation or, you know, is or, or, or whatnot. Um, I also like that you um, – because I think this needs to happen uh, more 
is uh, the character of Jay is, is expressed as non-binary. And uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, my, for a little background, for those who don't know, my wife's 15 years younger than I am. So she, um, you know, we're experiencing having friends and whatnot that are in this whole new uh, label categories of, of situations. And, and that's fine. That's, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call you. Cool. She's much easier. I'm an old dog. It's hard for me. You know, um, it doesn't mean I, I refuse to do it. I just means it takes me a little more work um, to get non-binary and they's and them's and, and all of that. Uh, but I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> doing my best. Um, I think that's important, you know, because we know, maybe it's just us, but we happen to know a whole bunch of people that, that fall into that category and they're young people. And then they see a film like this and it's, it's representation, you know, and I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys are doing it, man. You're, you're bringing this out here. People are digging it. Um, this just released, right? A couple days ago. Like last weekend? We released on the April 1st through Cinecrest, and we'll be playing through the 17th. Wow. Wow. Um, But I wanted to say something about your representation. I do think it's important. And it was interesting because um, somebody, you know, a younger person on TikTok played our trailer on TikTok. And a lot of younger non-binary people on TikTok were like, this is amazing that this is portraying, like, basically someone midlife because – so much of the representation that is happening are younger people. And so it was really interesting right. for me to see people being excited about someone midlife because, you know, you think maybe they think, oh, I can't relate to them because they're older or whatever. But it was it, – it, it helps people to see, like, you know, that, you know, a couple decades later, you know, of, like, what that might look like for somebody a couple decades later. So that was kind of oh, cool. Yeah. And, you know, I'm – I'm a non-binary actor, and then the actor who plays younger Jay also is non-binary, which was kind of uh, kind of a happy coincidence because, you know, when we were doing the casting, we didn't know that. And so uh, I wanted yeah. to kind of put that out there because I think, you know, having that authentic representation is important too. So Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, hey, for anybody listening out there that um, has, uh, you know, parents or relatives or whatnot that are having a little bit of trouble – this is my little trick. I just did this the other day. Oh, we could go actually. Uh, was having dinner uh, with some people and a, a relative who's non-binary and has changed their name and, and what have you. Uh, good for them. Uh, the, the topic of conversation came up um, during dinner. And, you know, the, the, the older folks were, um, you know, well, I just don't understand. And I've known this person this way their whole life. And, every, and I said, I get it. You know, I'm an old man, too. I get it. It's hard. You know, the older you are, it's hard to change. I, I get where you're coming. And I just kept slamming that you're old, like over and over <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm not that old. I could, I can learn. Anything. You know, and then I, I just right. turned it around and, and I'm like, wow, I just, I just saved Thanksgiving. Um, I'm pretty impressed with myself. <laughs> and they don't even realize. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, so just, uh, you know, point out how old and set in their ways they are, um, you know. <laughs> right, make it like a it challenge for like, them, yeah. Exactly, because I'll tell you, old people, one of the things they hate about it more than anything is being old. Um, that's <laughs> Right, right. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's their weak spot. 
Yeah, everybody's 18 in their brain. That's how they, except when you wake up in the morning, then everybody feels their their real time. Um, oh boy. Well, this is a, <laughs> now we have. Um, would you, uh, ladies, like to say we have a couple people on hold here that would like to? Um, yeah, be cool. You know, come on. You guys mind if we take a call? No, go no, ahead. That'd be great. Okay. Well, here we go. I don't know who these are. I don't have a producer, so we're just going to do it caller roulette style. Hello, caller. Okay. You're on the air with uh, Michelle Eland and Sheila Cook. Are you there, caller? Hello. And they're just listening. They're shy. It happens. We'll try the next one. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Michelle Eland and Sheila Cook. Are you there? They're not there either. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, see no. All the listeners are going, yeah, right, Jamie. Nobody's calling in. No, they really are. <laughs> I, you know, um, they probably stepped outside. They're having a smoke or something. You know, what, what can I tell you? They, you know, the baby was crying or something. I don't know, you know. Um, well, this is awesome. And, you know, I, like I said, I really want to see some of these, uh, these other films of yours, Michelle. <laughs> Believe it or not, we have friends in that world as well. <laughs> know a lot of people. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, they're very different, but I think they're fun. And I think, like, my thought with all of them, even though they're comedies, is to still have, you know, a universal theme that people can relate to. Um, you know, with Butch Jamie, it's it's a satire on gender, but it's really about, you know, being true to yourself. So I think people can resonate with And, like, with heterosexual Jill, it's a satire. I call it a satire on sexuality, but it's the same thing about, like, you know, basically being true to yourself. I think that's kind of the theme through the trilogy and the same with S&M Sally. In addition, it's like pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and it pokes, I call that one a satire on relationships. And, you know, even though that's against the backdrop of like S&M and polyamory that a lot of people don't know anything about, there's still like those underlying themes of like, you know, power dynamics within a relationship or insecurities within a relationship and those kinds of things I think that people can resonate with, but then also have the fun of, like, exploring a new world, too. I also I want, yeah. I want to add – oh, sorry, can I add a thing about that, too? Yeah, I find that most yeah. people are – the titles are, like, so catchy and so interesting, um, but I do think some people might – they get a little scared. <laughs> They're very accessible <laughs> films. Um, they have really great – you cannot forget the titles. They're brilliant titles. They're also very accessible films. Um, I, I, I find I find them, and I may be Dave biased because I'm in them, but I think they're really delightful and enjoyable. And if you think Michelle's um, inhabiting a character is really wonderful and maybe someday, which it is, her comedic timing is also incredibly wonderful, and you can see that on the stage in the other movies. Um, so I'm, I'm going to uh, just give you a little bit of a push on that, Michelle. I'm a big fan of of Michelle, and I say this all the time. (laughs) No, well, thank you, yeah. It is phenomenal. Now, Michelle, I wanted to ask you um, on that uh, note, uh, you know, writing and whatnot. I have a good friend of mine Mm -hmm. who has decided, (laughs) I don't know why she would want to, uh, but she's decided to be a writer. (laughs) And, you know, she's asking me, I'm like, I've never written anything, you know, I mean, outside of when I was in school and stuff, but 
um, you know, not professionally, like, you know, you're writing stuff and making movies and everything. I mean, this is the real deal. Um, but she asked me my advice, and I said, well, if it's anything like painting, you got to draw every day. You got to paint every day. You have to work uh-huh. every day. Do you write every every day? You know, I don't, but, like, I was watching this thing with Shonda Rhimes, who, you know, if, if people don't know, is, is a, a big showrunner for, like, Grey's Anatomy and stuff. And she says, I think this is a pretty tall order. She's like, if you don't write every day, you can't call yourself a writer. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's <laughs> like, you know, because I think a lot of writers. I've got a whole trilogy part of being, <laughs> to differ, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, because, like, part of being part of being a writer for a lot of people, honestly, is, like, not writing. You know what I mean? And it's great just to have that discipline, but I think some people have different, like, cycles. And for me, especially because I wear a lot of different hats and I have, you know, other jobs to make money, and it's like you – so it's those cycles of, like, okay, now I have time to write or now I'm in an editing headspace or whatever. And because people ask me now if I'm writing, and it's like, well, I'm promoting this movie, and then when that's done, I want to gear up to shoot a documentary. So it's like it's on hold for me. Um, I only can kind of juggle so many things, and for me, it's like I feel like my personal secret is I dedicate myself to one thing, and I see it through to completion, and I make sure it happens. And some people like to work on a lot of different things, and if it works for them, that's great. But then sometimes I feel like they feel like they're doing a lot, but then sometimes none of them actually get completed, and they have nothing to show for it. So, I'm that way, Michelle. Writing, you just described me like a queen. And a me lot of people are, you know, <laughs> and that can be a challenge. And, like, the thing with writing that I tell people that are starting out is, like, because a lot of people, they have this question of, like, am I good enough? And, like, they're trying to prove that they're good enough, and then sometimes they give up because they read what they wrote, and they're like, this is terrible, or someone tells them it's not any good. But the thing is, is, like, the first thing, like the first draft, even like really professional good writers is usually really terrible. And so you can't always be questioning, is this good enough? You have to just rewrite it and rewrite it and keep going and not give up because you don't think you have the talent. Because I think like perseverance is a lot more important than so-called talent, you know, and knowing your skills and keeping Mm. at it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask you a follow-up real quick question because I'm, I'm thinking of this particular person and I know they'll be listening to this podcast and I haven't been able to give them a good answer on this. Um, this particular friend has, uh, she's got a few, she's written a couple novels. You know, who can say that, right? Um, but she's got a couple yeah. under her belt. That she's, she's shopping and she's getting all these agents, you know, all these people that are interested and whatnot. Um, at least she's not getting rejection notices. Uh, that was a funny conversation. Mm-hmm. The first two she got, she was, we, we had to talk her in almost off a let. No, it wasn't that bad. But <laughs> she's like, I got two rejections. Mm-hmm. I'm like, two? Mm-hmm. It still works. You got to get more than that um, if it's like art. But um, yeah. she wanted to know, apparently there, everyone is like, um, she identifies as lesbian. Um, and they want to use that in marketing her work. And she goes, I don't know if I really want to do that because I don't want to be known as, uh, as a lesbian writer, um, you know. Or mm-hmm. I, I just want to be a writer. Now, here you are, a successful filmmaker, um, actress, uh, you know, produ- doing all this, making movies. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a difficult decision? Um, do you have any words of advice for somebody who might be well, thinking, you know, in a situation well, like that? Like, quick question: Like, is she work? Is she working on books that would appeal to a lesbian audience? 
Apparently, you know, I I haven't read them all, a, a, a little bit of them. Uh, I'm busy, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife has. Uh, but she says she, she's marketing them as romance. And apparently there's relationships of all uh, veins in, in them. Of um, all kinds. Yeah, I mean, of all kinds. Here's a, I can't. I can't, you know, obviously everyone's going to make that personal decision. This is a thing like, you know, for me, it's not really a question because I do so much queer content and like, I, mm. to me, like I'm part of it and it's, it, that makes it authentic. Like I'm not just like some straight filmmaker making queer content and that's fine. Some people do gotcha. that and that's fine, but some people like that it comes from an authentic place. And um, the other thing too is like, you know, tying back to maybe someday and like with marketing it like yes i do feel like this movie will appeal to everybody that said we're still we're still saying it's an lgbtq movie because if somebody's in the lgbtq community we really want them to see this movie and other people i think they'll also like it but when you market you like the the recommendation is to start with your core base audience that will show up and see it kind of because it speaks to them on a on a deeper level and then hopefully world, world, world will spread and other types of people will find their way there eventually. But you have to start with the people who will be most passionate about it, you know. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> I will make sure this gets heard by a particular individual, and I hope other people that are struggling with similar situations, uh, the, the concept and the idea, that helps them as well. Um, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Now, um, Shayla, you're uh, you know you're acting in all of these and whatnot. How cool is that? You can turn on the TV and see you looking out at of it. Um, that's a <laughs> neat trick, you know. I I dig that. Um, has your uh, you know has has your life changed doing all these movies and whatnot and uh, successful movies too? You know, people are digging this. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's kind of caught me unawares. Um, actually, and I, you know, a month ago, I hadn't even seen the movie yet, um, and I, I knew the script and I knew the work that I, it went, had gone into it, so I was had a positive viewpoint on it. But it's been really wonderful to see how ca- catching fire. Um, and has it has it changed my life? Well, I, you know, there's a pandemic. Um, <laughs> I guess I'm talking to more people. I'm talking to more people on the phone, and I'm talking to more people on Zoom, and so I'm meeting a lot more people. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I don't think it's fully sunk in because you know, with the past movies I've done, um, they've gone to festivals or they've not gone anywhere. But Michelle's movies went to festivals, and so there's kind of that tangible thing when you're out in the world with it. Um, mm. So, so I'm, I'm trying to like I'm, it's it's such a unique experience, and um, so like when I get off the phone with you, I'm just probably gonna roll over to my desk and do some more <laughs> versus where nice. if I, in a festival scene I would, you know, uh, go talk, you know, meet more people or go outside and shake hands or whatever. So I don't know that it's like it hasn't really like hit home yet. Does that make sense? I'm really excited to hear what more people think about the movie. I'm the reviews have been really gorgeous and um I, yeah, so I I don't I don't really think it my life has 
changed much, but it's surreal right now. So I, I could, and I just haven't recognized that. <laughs> Girl, that it's, it's an amazing film. It's an amazing film. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com, as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha.
Rucks Gear, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products, all featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. guys did um no i did not know this when i first started doing the uh the show here the podcast um, i knew a little bit about you know i had friends in the movie business and this and that um but i didn't really know the ins and outs i didn't realize it's a different linear timeline i thought time was universal and you know i would watch something <laughs> on the tv or whatever and i thought oh they filmed this last month i didn't realize they filmed it eight mm-hmm. years ago you know and and it had to be right all this kind of stuff uh, did you guys film this during the pandemic? Like the last no. few yeah, years, or was it filmed well, prior? It, well, sorry, I filmed it prior. Sorry, I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry to talk over people. <laughs> I'm gonna stop. It's okay. No, you can you can go ahead and ch- chat about it if you want. No, I was just gonna say that my part was filmed before the pandemic. I wrapped my role like a couple months, I think. It um like. The virus was a thing people were starting to talk about, but it was way down right. the road. Yeah. Yeah. And but then, the, and then the, we, had, we had basically like 75% of the film shot prior to the pandemic. And then the last mm-hmm. four days, which were all flashbacks, which was good for us because they were different actors except myself, that um, we had to cancel because we had a spring shoot for those four days. And in 2020, and so we postponed that for a year and a half. And then the stuff with Shayla we shot in, like, fall and winter of 2019, the flashbacks were going to be kind of like we took a couple months off to, like, cast and, like, gear up for that because we had such a small producing team. So we had a little bit of a break, and then it ended up being, like, a long break. But, you know, I guess as a positive, like, I had that time to edit the movie watch the movie, think about the movie. And honestly, I think that the last four days with the flashbacks are better because of it, because I had that time to really sit with it and think about it. And, you know, yeah. Right, right. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, I tell every filmmaker I know this, um, I appreciate you guys even more so. Um, during the pandemic, I don't know how they did it in 1917, uh, they didn't have Netflix or Amazon Prime, and same right. life, mm-hmm. you know, in, in lockdown, we had things to do. We had things to keep us occupied uh, on, mm-hmm. on the screen. Right. You know? Right, and ways um, to still be connected with people and work from home, and yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's It was... It was strange. You know, before it happened, before the world, we got, me and my wife have been together. We're one of those couples that have been together for, you know, ever, 10 years almost. And um, she has an Italian mama. And so she, the, the, my mother-in-law was finally like, enough's enough. You guys got to get married, you know, and, and do it right. You already have the house and the dog, but you got to, you know, you got to get married. So we did. And um, we got married on, it was uh the 8th of March, 2000, uh, what was it, 19? Uh, right before it happened, right before the lockdown, like a week So before. 2020. We were at Disney World <laughs> when the lockdown happened. And I'm like, uh, everybody was freaking out. Oh, yeah, because I, wow. I don't use a phone. And so my wife's like on the phone, and she's all worried. And I'm like, what's going on? She's like, Disney's closing the park. I'm like, if Disney's walking away from $35 hamburgers, this is serious. we got to get the heck yeah. out of here. 
And cause yeah. I think at our wedding, I was joking with some of my friends about it. You know, I were like, oh, yeah, the world, everybody's freaking out. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> Right. It's just so crazy. Like you're saying, it's that period of time where you don't really think it's going to be anything. And then it's and then just within like a very short period of time, it's like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't worried about the virus part of it. I was worried about the mutant marauder. I've seen too many, you know, Mad Max films and stuff. And I figured I probably wouldn't be the guy with the mohawk on the motorcycle. I'd be the guy chained to the back of it. And I don't want that. I didn't want that to happen. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's what I was worried about. (laughs) You know, anyway, anyway, especially in that Florida heat, leather just isn't bleeding. You know, it's bad. Um, well, this is a great film. This is a great film. It is uh, it's being played at the CineJoy, which is CineQuest Virtual Film Festival. Um, that's cool. Until the 17th. Now, after the 17th, is it going to be, are we still looking for distribution and, and whatnot, uh, coming soon? Or uh, will people be able to click on something to see? The plan, the plan is to spend uh, this year at festivals and uh, to, you know, promote gotcha. it, word of mouth, all this and that, before we wide release it next year. But that said, a lot of film festivals are doing um, hybrid, and so people might be able to watch it online again, but I don't know. So definitely if you want to see it online until the 17th, and then, then we're planning to be at, like, in-person festivals over the summer and fall. And the only one we can really announce right, right now is CineQuest is doing – in in person in San Jose in August, well tentatively as of now, and but we're lining up others that we'll be able to announce like in the coming you know months, uh, and people can follow us on social media to kind of keep up to date with the latest on that. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! Well, whatever we can do to help here, um, you know, we would love to have both of you back. I can't wait to see more uh, of your work and whatnot. Um, like I said, cool, yeah, and. Thank you. Yeah, you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Um, Michelle, I have a hilarious San Jose story that I will tell you um, off mic because it's a little colorful. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It was hilarious. It was something that I experienced and witnessed um, at the San Jose radio station of all places. See, now everybody's like, what's going on? (laughs) That'll be in my memoirs someday, ladies and gentlemen. Anyhow, anyhow. Hey, speaking of projects, I know we're promoting this. And again, folks, the name of the film is Maybe Someday. And you can watch it now, man. You can watch it now at the CineJoy, um, you know, wherever you're at, anywhere in the world, I believe. Uh, are the gears turning, uh, you two, for the next project? Hmm. Yeah, do you want to chat about the your, on your end, Chandler? <laughs> Well, I have a baby thing happening. Not not a baby human baby, no. like an art baby. I have an art baby, and it's just a little. Um, I had a lot of stuff that I was going to do in 2020, um, at a, like a web series and something I was going to direct, and it all went away. So I'm, I had to kind of recalibrate, and um, in my time, I've started – Tinker. I'm not going to call myself a writer. Shonda Rhimes, I don't write every day. Um, <laughs> I, started, <laughs> I started tinkering a little bit with ideas and outlines of ideas. And I 
hope to have something that I could share at some point, but I'm I'm just making a little art baby right now. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, you know, when you're when you're at the point where you're ready uh, to start promo and whatnot, just keep me in mind, Shayla. Keep me in mind, you know. Your friend Jamie would love to have you back um, and discuss any, you know, your projects and whatnot. And the same Thank with you, you Michelle. I mean, to you. <laughs> oh yeah, anytime, anytime, Michelle. I got to put you on the spot though. Um, are the gears? Can you? I know you Hollywood folks sometimes can't talk about projects until the T's crossed <laughs> and the I's are dotted. Um, right. You know, lunches well, are had. I'm... Big sunglasses and all that. <laughs> Um, well, I, I mentioned it's actually much different. I mentioned a little bit earlier that I want to uh, do a documentary next, and so that's my focus. It's a docu series called Queer, "Queering the Binary," and it's about non-binary identities and experiences. And uh, my partner, who right. has a research background, and uh, you know, and I have obviously a filmmaking background. We're kind of teaming up on this. So we sent out a survey to 2,500 non-binary people around the world about a year ago, and we're um, compiling that data to kind of steer us in, you know, what kind of topics we want to tackle with this. We're hoping to film that uh, later this year, and um, and then, you know, eventually, of course, I'll, I'll pick up back up on writing, but uh, not sure what that'll be quite yet. Oh, well, fantastic. I can't, I think more of that, as I said, it, it needs to be out there, you know, it definitely does. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited about maybe Sunday, folks. Or maybe, not Sunday, maybe someday. What am I saying? Sunday. <laughs> Sunday's on the brain today. That's what I need. Um, yes. <laughs> no, my wife, my wife just texted me, and she's like, do you want me to pick you up a – she went to lunch with one of her girlfriends. She's like, do you want me to pick you up a hamburger on the way back? And for some reason in our conversation, I should have told her to pick me up a strawberry shake. That sounds good. But I probably don't need to have it. See? Sunday. <laughs> anyway, right. this is our exciting life. Uh, well, very, very cool. Well, this is, like I said, a great film. Um, just, you know, there is a direct link, right, where they can get to Cinejoy, or what's the best way? We don't have a link up for that, yeah. and I want to put one up. Right. Well, I mean, if on my Instagram bio, which is at Maybe Someday Film, I put the direct link to tickets there because it's kind of a oh, long okay. link. Okay. And so they can I find gotcha. us at Maybe Someday Film on Instagram and Facebook, and then Maybe Someday J J A Y on Twitter. Awesome. Awesome. And folks, I will be posting on all of my social media uh, that link and adding it to the show page here and the cool. podcast links and all that. Uh, very, very cool. Well, I know I was only supposed to keep you ladies for a half an hour, but you both are so fascinating to talk to. Um, my red light's been blinking for a minute here, uh, and I know you guys have lots of press to do. Uh, but thank you so much, both of you, for taking time to be on the show and jazzing the place yeah, up a little I appreciate bit here. I appreciate you having us. I also wanted to let people know that we're going to be doing a live Zoom, Zoom Q&A with myself, Shayla, mm -hmm. and several of the other people mm -hmm. from the cast on April 10th. And they can also find nice. out about that on our social media, too. Yeah. Awesome. Well, very, very cool. And I'll be reminding everybody on that, too, on, on my end as well. Uh, very, oh, cool. very cool. Well, you know, all I'm going to say, and you both know this already, keep doing what you're doing. You're real, real good at it, you know? This is what you're <laughs> supposed to be doing. Um, just in case you didn't yeah, know. Yeah, thank you. Know. you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, very inspiring. I'm telling you, if you ever wake up and you have one of those mornings where you're like, you know what, I don't want to do it today, well, 
Jamie's inspired. Some guy in Florida is inspired. Uh, we better get to work. Uh, I'm going to grab get a right in. clip of that. Yeah. <laughs> you. Very cool. Well, again, thank you so much, uh, Michelle. You and Shayla Cook, thespians extraordinaire, filmmaker extraordinaire. How about that? Folks, this uh, episode will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push it out on all the podcasting platforms. I know people don't believe me when I say this. I don't believe it when I read the thing. We're on 587 different podcasting platforms. Yes, there are that many that exist. 587 people or groups of people, I don't know, whatever the case may be, sat around one day and said, you know what the world needs? Another podcasting platform. Made it happen, and we're on it. So, um, you know, however you want to listen to the show, we're there. Uh, we're also going to push this out on all the social media platforms. Um, the links that are in the show page do stay live and active. So if you're listening to this on Pandora or Spotify or something like that, um, just click on that Maybe Someday Film link, and it'll get you right over there to the uh, Facebook page and all that, you know. And, again, ladies and gentlemen, I know I harp on this, but it's so important. We live in an algorithm world. If you dig something that somebody's doing, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if they're in a band or they make an indie film or, you know, they're a butcher or a baker or a candlestick maker, it doesn't matter. If you dig what they're doing, like and share their social media. Chances are your friends are going to dig it as well because, you know, common interests and all that. That's why you're friends. Um, but it helps, it helps a lot, and it tweaks those algorithms, and it helps get the word out. So, you know, do what you can. Also, with, in particular with film – Leave comments. Leave some feedback. You don't have to send Michelle and Shayla a doctoral thesis. Write a few <laughs> sentences. You know, hey, I dug this about the stuff. You know, believe me, they, that's, good, uh, that's good feedback. It's a great thing. <laughs> All artists dig it when people dig what they're doing. little uh, secret there. Uh, okay, we will be back tomorrow. We're going to ha- be talking another uh, film. This time, we're, uh, it's a horror film we're going to be discussing called The Institute. We have the star of that on, uh, Victoria Brent. And, um, man, the, the, the gist of this, ladies and gentlemen, young couple trying to get pregnant. They go to an alternative clinic. Turns out it's a horror movie. Ah, not good. Not good. So tune in tomorrow, and we'll discuss that scary synopsis. How about that? Whoa. Okay, folks, thanks for listening. Oh, and also, for those keeping up, I know I just I mention it every time, uh, Germany is still in second place. UK, you're inching up a little by little, but the Netherlands are right behind you. So if you happen to be in one of those countries and you want, of course, you want your country, you know, the U.S. is number one always by a giant margin. But if you want to be in the number two spot, you know, tell your neighbors to listen to the podcast. We appreciate it, and, uh, and it helps our rating. Talk to you soon. Thank you, ladies. You both are awesome. Great. Thanks so much, Jamie. Absolutely. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio.
Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio. 